Welcome to the session, everyone. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about one of the lifestyle factors that I had mentioned in last week's session. Um, and this is the one that I always talk about first with people, um, any client or even family member, uh, you know, anybody interested in improving their health, um, which is diet. And so there is no one size fits all diet. And I'm going to tell you why, but there certainly are food rules. And I'm going to go through all the ones that I think are the only food rules to take into consideration when you are making a blanket uh, assessment as far as what your diet is for your family. So have a listen and I hope you gain a lot from this session. Welcome to the Family Health Revolution podcast with Coach Carla Atherton, where she discovers, uncovers, explores, and reveals the secrets to true family health and wellness. Okay, so what are the only food rules? <laughs> According to Carla, what are the only food rules? Okay, so we in our society, I just, I feel like, I mean, there's a lot going on out there in the health and wellness space that is just phenomenal. It's just wonderful. We're learning so much around the science of, you know, what we're eating of nutrients, of micronutrients, macronutrients, uh, you know, healing diets. Uh, we're learning so much more about, you know, reactive foods and food sensitivity and food allergy and how that affects our mental and emotional and physical health. We're learning more about eating disorders. We're learning more about how we eat, um, you know, to feel better, not just in body, but in our minds, you know, like food addiction and emotional eating, so much really good stuff out there. And um, so, you know, I don't even question whether or not diet and, and nutrition is important. You know, it's, it's just like top of the list. And whenever I hear someone tell me, you know, you know, some, somebody in a, a more like reductionist, I guess, profession say, diet's not important. You know, that's not going to help with this chronic condition or it's not going to help with that person's mood. That's, that's complete bunk. So let's just leave that in the trash bin of um, preconceived ideas that just aren't working for us. So now we know this. Okay. So this lifestyle factor diet, um, is super important. And so, you know, the question is, what do we eat? <laughs> so that's the question, right? That remains. Okay, so now we know this is important. So now what do we eat? Do we eat paleo? Do we do keto? Do we, you know, eliminate that food and add this? Like, is it, should everybody be gluten-free? You know, lots of those questions that parents and caregivers are asking for themselves and their families that are very relevant questions. Um, and I ascribe to bio-individuality, right? So, you know, I think that um, every person's body is going to need something different. And whether that, I mean, we might have these basic nutrients that we need, but we're all going to need a different amount. We're all going to need some at certain times. We're all going to need to tank up on some, you know, uh, if we're having higher stress or we have a chronic condition or, um, you know, something like an athlete, you know, that has higher needs. I mean, we're all going to be different, but I do think that there are a few rules of thumb for everybody. Okay, so let's get into that. 
first one, I'm going to mention this first because it's not because it's the most important or the least important or whatever. It's just that, you know, we're going to go into reactive foods in another episode. Um, but I want to mention it here uh, so that we can kind of move on to the rest that we're going to dig into a little more deeply. Okay, so eliminate reactive foods. That's one of the rules. Like get rid of foods that you know are causing you grief that you, you know, don't just say, oh, I get so tired after I eat that pizza and my tum- tummy rumbles, but whatever, it's so worth it. Don't ignore that. That's a food reaction for some reason or another. And we're going to more of that stuff, but there is a reason why your body's saying no. It's saying no. So listen to that. We, we can do testing and, and such um, to pinpoint reactive foods as well if we don't really know what it is or if it's actually the food that's creating a symptom. In the, you know, but sometimes we can really tell, like, you know, just from immediate responses after you eat that. So that's food number, food rule. You know, the first one I'm going to mention is eliminate reactive foods. Eat whole foods. Uh, this is for everybody. Eat whole foods. Limit bags, boxes, and cans. So anything that is closer to nature in the way that nature intended it to be eaten is the best way to consume food. So anything in a bag, box, or can has been somewhat processed. And some things aren't as processed as others. And some of those bags, boxes, and cans contain, you know, really healthy stuff that's been maybe um, dried or fermented or, you know, simply just put into a can and, and, you know, uh, preserved in its, you know, whole food, like in its whole food state um, in a, you know, non-BPA lined can for (laughs) just so you guys know, do not buy toxic cans. Um, but sometimes, you know, we can get really beautiful whole foods that are actually packaged, but just make sure that your food is not highly processed and processed food actually has more chance of containing more chemicals, preservatives, additives, fillers, things you don't even recognize on the label. Um, you know, can't even pronounce what is that? I mean, if, if you can't pronounce it, never heard of it, maybe it's not food, especially a food that's advertised on the package. Um, so, and it's more, they're more inclined to have added sugars, um, bad oils or fats, um, and, you know, etc. So we're just looking for whole food. Okay. So m- more at, you know, the way nature intended. Also, if it's more processed, it will actually um, be tend to be higher on the glycemic index index, especially if it is something that is a grain, um, you know, and it's processed into a flour, those flours will turn into sugar in your bloodstream much, much faster than the whole food that takes time to break down that has fiber in that food. So try to eat again, whole foods. Okay, so the next thing is if you're not all eating entirely whole foods, which I don't all I don't eat only whole foods that are, you know, in in the produce aisle. Um, I, we do that produce aisle. So that's where we go shopping first. You go into the produce aisle, shop the perimeter of the store first, and then you go into the aisles with the bags, boxes, and cans for the items that you need that may have been processed by a company that, you, you know, might be sort of the similar that you would do at home if you were canning, you know, and such, and need a little bit of help with that. Because not all of us are canning our food and growing in our gardens, and not of us, all of us have that opportunity. So we're reading labels of those bags, boxes, and cans that we do buy. So what's in it, that's what you're looking for, and where did it come from, okay? So 
um, we need to know that. And, and so re, I'm reading labels every single time I go to the store. And I'm really encouraging that if you don't read labels to always read labels, what's in it. And you'll be really surprised sometimes. Like if you think you're getting one thing, it may have a plethora of other things that maybe that you're reactive to. Like, let's say you are celiac and you didn't read a label on one of these products and it doesn't explicitly say that it's gluten-free. You could flip that over and see actually that there are things like, you know, there might be some kind of gluten added in some way and you could be damaging your health by not knowing that. Or, you know, like I said, chemicals, um, you know, preservatives, additives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can also see how processed that food might have been. Um, you know, so there are quite a few things in those in those foods that you need to know what's in there when you're reading the label. Um, eat certified organic. I'm going to do a whole bit about organics but and non-GMO uh, because there are many, many health issues and concerns when you're eating foods that have been sprayed by chemicals, uh, chemical pesticides, and that have been altered in their structure, their DNA structure to become a GMO, which is a genetically modified organism or crop, right? There are many health uh, risks that you're taking when you eat a non-organic food or uh, GMO foods. Um, so be really, but just be cognizant in this food rule eat as much as you can organic and at least non-GMO. And most of the non-GMO foods will be labeled non-GMO, but the foods that are GMO do not need to be labeled GMO. And anything that is not certified organic, assume that it could be sprayed, most likely has been, unless you you know, call the company and they said, well, we didn't have the $50,000 to put into that, that label because sometimes that is an issue. And especially with, you know, local farmers and farmers markets, they might not be able to say they're certified organic, but they don't actually spray their crops. So getting more information about your food is really, really important. Um, so reduce sugar. That's the next food rule. Reduce sugar, especially added sugars such as white table sugar or refined sugar, right? Um, white table sugar and high fructose corn syrup. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in just a sec when I talk about carbohydrates, but sugar is massively destructive and toxic to the brain when your blood sugar is chronically high. It's terrible for um, metabolism and uh, fat uh, gain, right? So um, next one, eliminate chemicals, preservatives, if you can, additives, etc. Like I was talking about just a few seconds ago, those are not good for you. <laughs> and if you eat a lot of things in bags, boxes, cans, if you're ordering out, just at least know what's in those foods and you can choose not to purchase the ones that are full of these chemicals and preservatives and additives. There's always a better option. Always, 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 always a better option. Um, and so eating whole foods will help with this. Okay. So if you're eating more whole foods, you're not going to worry about anything being added, except for maybe if it's being sprayed before, you know, um, the, you know, during the growing season or even after it's being picked so that it, you know, actually slows down uh, ripening so that they can get, you know, ship the food to the store before it goes bad or to hasten it, right, to make it actually ripen faster. So tons of stuff that could be added to your food 
um, that's not organic. But you you know, if you're eating whole foods, it will help eliminate the chemicals, preservatives, additives, anything else that's sort of garbage that you don't want to eat and that your body's going to have to expel um, through a detox process. So, um, okay, so now for reducing sugar, I'm going to back up to sugar. Eliminate chemical sugar substitutes. They are not in any way, shape, or form better than sugar. And they won't spike your blood sugar in the in the way that a sugar will, but they will be damaging by way of being a foreign chemical in the body. And these sugar substitutes are also um, they're also excitotoxic, which means that they excite the brain cell to the point of death, the point of brain of cell death. Okay, so I'm not saying people die. I'm saying that brain cells die <laughs> and um, they cause ma- metabolic mayhem as well. So they are not better than sugar. So I'm talking things like Splenda, aspartame, those things. I'm not talking about um, xylitol or stevia and those are different things that we're not going to talk about today just yet but stevia in its whole form and natural form is actually good for blood sugar levels it's actually um, yeah it's a beneficial and it's also beneficial for knocking down certain pathogens too so that's very interesting um, so but we're not going to get into that too much today okay so next one is properly prepare your food so frying is not a good way to prepare your food um, and neither is actually and you're going to be like telling me what I don't want to hear this but barbecuing should be limited at least limited uh, because it has been shown that barbecued food denatures the structure the, the, the chemical structure of the fats um, and the proteins in the in that actual meat and it can actually be carcinogenic. So careful with that. Um, frying is never a good thing. And so we want to be baking, steaming, you know, lightly sauteing. We use our we use our uh, stainless steel um, our frying pan quite a bit. And we we often cook our food in oil, but we use avocado. Uh, coconut oil, you know, fats that won't be denatured with some heat, and we don't overheat or let it get to the the smoke point. Okay, so those are those are safer oils to uh, cook with. Um, you know, so make sure you're paying attention to how you're cooking your meals and minimal processing, like I said. So we want to soak and ferment as well. So that's another topic that would take about, you know, another 15, 20 minutes to explain. But soaking food um, can help to to start that uh, breaking down process that your digestion is actually taxed with doing if you don't actually help it out. You know, so certain things like legumes and seeds, um, they actually are not really designed to be eaten. I mean, especially if you think about seeds, seeds are actually meant to survive digestion so that they can be replanted, right? That's just like this, you know, how nature works. It wants to reproduce. It wants to perpetuate its own survival. So if you want to break those foods down, um, soaking them helps to do that. And also if you sprout them, so you soak them to the point of sprouting, those seeds will actually, um, you know, create, you know, the beginnings of a plant. And those, when you eat them, they actually deliver 
like dozens of times more of the nutrients that the actual result of the plant will have. So sprouting is really great uh, and soaking as well. So they actually take away the anti-nutrient, I guess, element of those uh, seeds and nuts and, or um, yeah, actually you can just soak nuts as well, seeds, nuts, and legumes. Um, but they also make them, you know, much more nutritious, actually. And then fermenting, same thing. If you ferment and not pickle, I'm not talking about putting things in vinegar. I'm talking about salt water. Um, if you're, if you ferment or eat fermented food um, that you purchase at a store, uh, that same thing, exponentially higher in nutrients as well as delivering a nice shot of good probi- or bacteria into the gut. All right. So including, so next one, um, we need to include all elements of a good diet, such as good fats, adequate protein, and slow whole food carbs. Okay, so I'm going to talk about fats first. They kind of top the list for me. So fats are necessary for proper cell formation, brain function, and healthy hormone balance. Okay, pretty important. Again, contrary to popular belief, healthy fat doesn't make you fat. Okay, so often we think if I eat lots of fat, I'm going to get fat. That's not really how it works. Fats um, such as avocado or olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, and sustainably harvested red palm oil have a dizzying array of health benefits, and they'll keep your mind sharp and your body burning the right kind of fuel. So they're really important. Fats are really important, and also for mental health as well. I mean, if you're if you're called a fathead, consider it. A compliment because there's a our, our brains are made up of a lot of fat and we need to nourish them for proper development as well as maintenance of good brain health so fats are super important um, and also as I alluded to earlier not all fats are created equal so we want to be staying far away from unhealthy sources such as fried foods like I said and processed vegetable oils. So we want to be using avocado, olive, olive only though in raw concoctions. You don't want to be heating olive. It has a lower smoke point than avocado and coconut. Um, so we want to be using those oils. Uh, and you know, you can even put hemp oil and drizzle it in a salad or something like that. So some of that one's that one's all right, but we don't want to be using canola oil, please no. Uh no 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 corn oil, sesame, or not sorry, not sesame, corn oil, canola, and sunflower. Those oils are just a no. And um yeah, okay, so I already talked about barbecuing, so I don't have to cover that topic. All right, so the second one was protein, right? So you want to make sure you get clean, adequate protein, right? So I'm from a clean source. So whatever that animal eats, you eat. If it's full of chemicals and hormones and antibiotics, you're going to be getting that through the food that you're, through that meat that you're eating. So, um, you know, if it's meat, if your protein source is meat, but you need adequate uh, protein if you're a vegetarian. So you have to pay particular attention to that and making sure that you can have a balanced diet with enough protein to actually have anabolic processes like building building muscle and, you know, improving, um, you know, those anabolic processes uh, that we need proteins for, right? So super important, but you don't need like a ton, like the Atkins, you know, I shouldn't even say that I'm going to get sued, but (laughs) like diets like that were hyper high protein. I think, you know, moderation is still good. We need enough, but not 
too much, right? So we, it, it depends what you're doing. If you're working out every day and building weights and you're looking for building muscle, I did this. I, I worked with a trainer and I had to, I actually literally had to double my protein because I wasn't getting enough. So I, so basically I was starving myself really because I ate lots. I just didn't have enough protein to build that muscle I was trying to build. So I was actually not building muscle before that. So depends on your situation. You might need more, you might need less, and depends again how old you are, how you know big you are, how little you are, that kind of thing. But we need adequate clean protein. And then carbs, okay? So carbohydrates is a really big issue. And everybody's like, everybody goes carbs, carbs, carbs. They're talking about carbs all the time. Um, low carb, high carb. Okay, so the only thing I say is that I'm not a proponent of the high carb diets. I don't think they're very good for brain health. They're not good for regulating blood sugar. Um, so again, we're looking at whole foods. So slow, healthy, nutrient-dense, unprocessed carbs by way of whole foods. So, and I don't mean necessarily like sugar. I mean, I don't even actually even mean bread or pasta at all. I actually mean things like vegetables that have carb carbohydrates in them, uh, really good fruits that aren't, you know, juiced. I mean, we don't, we don't want to be juicing uh, or uh, juicing is a good thing. I don't, I don't mean that juicing is a good thing, but we don't want to be drinking juice from like five oranges that has no, um, fiber in it at all and then that you're getting that huge surge of sugar so we want it to burn slow we want to have fiber um, and all those those really good vitamins and minerals that they can contain um, so and also antioxidants and you know enzymes necessary to digest those foods as well so only eat sugar in the form of whole foods okay so that i mean as if you can and actually that's kind of a really strict rule but um you know, if you have added sugar, we're looking at things like, you know, in moderation, like so honey, especially raw, actually honey is actually medicinal if it's raw. Same thing with maple syrup, actually, it's medicinal if it's raw. Um, so maple syrup, uh, those two things and using things like stevia, which is a leaf that doesn't raise blood sugar um, to sweeten your food. And I like sweet food sometimes too, so don't get me wrong. You know, we just, we can look at the better, the more healthy sugars that are actually intended to be consumed in the way that they are. We're not intended to eat cups and cups of sugar a, a year, which is what we're, we're doing on the standard American diet or like in a pop or, you know, energy drink. Energy drink is a double whammy of caffeine, actually triple chemicals as well as way too much sugar for the, that that person who's consuming it. So it's very hard on metabolism um, and the brain, actually. And I'm always concerned about the brain. I'm going to be talking about the brain a lot, a lot, a lot in these sessions. All right. So, you know, so and you're looking for high fructose corn syrup. Uh, no, don't eat that. Don't eat that. It's bad. Skull and crossbones should be on that thing. Um, all right, so the sugar surge will disrupt your chemistry, causing a sugar rush and crash an hour or two thereafter. So we don't want that. So bad moods, it's ADHD-like behaviors, it's, um, you know, tantrums. I mean, it's just asking for trouble. And also, um, another thing that happens with excess carbohydrates, so we'll create fat. And because the sugar, which is energy, right, is stored as fat, contributing to things like heart conditions, obesity, and just the, the list goes on and on. Blood sugar regulation is actually one of the first things or one of the foundational things that I do with clients to make sure that 
their metabolism is on track and their reactivity levels and their stress, those stressors are reduced. That's, That's one of the things that's in everybody's plan. All right, so to sum up, we want to eat the rainbow. Okay, so we want to eat multicolored foods and plenty of greens. Lots and lots and lots of greens. We all need folate and all, and in those greens, uh, those B vitamins, we want good, healthy brains, bodies, and mood. Um, the vegetables should take up half your plate. Okay, so that that's a that's a that's a really good rule of thumb. Your vegetables should take up half your plate. Some of them could be cooked. Some of them could be raw. Um, you know, cause we need some things that digest nicely and easily, like lightly cooked or raw that gives you those enzymes, the live food, right? Um, uh, but that should take up like half your plate. And so people think, you know, we have a little side salad and a whole bunch of pasta. No, 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 no. It's the other way around. And so to restate, actually, no, I'm not going to end just yet. I'm going to mention something about pastas and bread. Um, those foods, uh, can be replaced or reduced actually when you eat more vegetables um, and some fruit and because they're not the best diet they're not the best food for your metabolism for your blood sugar and some and more and more people are reacting to not only gluten but also grains so we're going to talk about that a lot more in another episode so to restate The most important food rule, I think, I guess if I'm looking at all of these rules would be to eat whole, real food. All right, so I'm going to wrap up now. That's all I want to say about that for today. And so this podcast is sponsored by the Healthy Family Formula, which essentially means that we share our information for free. All we ask is that before you move on to the next hundred things on your to-do list for today, take what you learn and instead of waiting until Monday, January 1st, or any other arbitrary date in the future, act on it now. Buy that new food, start that new routine, shift into that healthier habit. The little steps steadily move you past the miles you leave behind you. For more information about anything related to family health, do pick up my book and check out our newsletter, blog, individual and group coaching programs, and practitioner training program at healthyfamilyformula.com. And you can also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash healthyfamilyformula. All right, so thank you for listening as it was a pleasure to spend this time with you today. May you and your family be well. Please note that Family Health Revolution podcast is not a source for diagnosis or medical treatment, but is the opinion of the host. This podcast is intended to empower people with information so they can make the best health decisions for themselves. It is up to each person to listen to their inner wisdom, consider the information they deem to be accurate and applicable to their individual situation, and consult with their trusted health care providers if they so choose when making any decisions regarding their own health or the health of their loved ones. Each person's health is their own responsibility.